You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey everyone, it's Bridget here. I had the pleasure and honor to sit down with Gabe Arutia. Gabe brings over 18 years of hospitality experience to his role and considers it a privilege to work with Bacardi USA's single malt brands. He's conducted more than 150 training sessions for bartenders while drawing on his creativity and knowledge to develop over 100 fresh and exciting cocktail menus. Born in Miami to parents from Cuba and Chile, Gabe embraces his Hispanic roots in everything he does. Gabe is also an author of the amazing cocktail book, Miami Cocktails, an elegant collection of over 100 recipes inspired by the magic city. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite cocktail, and be inspired. So Gabe, welcome to Served Up. Julie and I are really happy to have you on the show today. I am. This is an honor. I've seen the roster of incredible human beings that you guys have been bringing along. So first and foremost, and I don't know if anyone's done this, but thank you for bringing this um, <laughs> to the masses, because I think it's something that is much needed during, you know, during the pandemic and everything else that's been going on. So it is truly an honor to kind of just share my story and, and kind of hang out with you guys. I'm pretty I actually poured myself a glass of whiskey. So I'm I love excited. it. I, I see that. What are you drinking there, Gabe? I am drinking uh, uh, an Aberfeldy single malt um, over a beautiful piece of ice. And I love to highlight um, our local uh, craftsmen. So there's an ice maker actually here in Miami, um, Cuban born. So he comes over from Cuba and he creates um, clear ice. So it's the, the pretty much the clearest ice we have in South Florida. And now we see it at bars and the story is just super incredible. So um, I am... I, you, you might be able to see it on camera and I know it's a podcast, so we don't have much video, but it is a gorgeous diamond in my glass. So it is perfect because, you know, we still have this crazy humidity. So it's perfect for barbecues. Less dilution is the key, right? Love yeah. it. So what's, what's the name of his company? Let's So that is uh, Mixology Ice. And it's such a funny story because Carlos was actually working for a caterer when he came from Cuba and he's, he's running around town. And he is actually delivering ice sculptures. And as he's delivering ice sculptures, he realizes that bartenders are starting to chip away at the ice sculptures. And he's oh like, my what goodness. the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> Don't use that. Let me give you show. something you else. <laughs> so he says, there's obviously a want and need for clear ice. So he starts uh, purchasing Climbell machines. He works with manufacturers in China to create molds and, and and just different innovation that we otherwise didn't have here in South Florida. And it all comes from um, a Cuban immigrant who came over here and becomes a citizen and creates something extraordinary. And I think that's that's pretty much the story of the Magic City and what we do in Miami. So it's it's, it's an honor to be able to kind of enjoy this whiskey with, with one of his uh, diamonds, his pieces of ice. 
While you're on that note, sorry, Bridget, I know we're going to ask him some questions, but we recently worked with another local provider, Tremendo Garnish. Tremendo Garnish, of course. Yes, mm -hmm. and, and he's um, Afro-Latin, super of amazing course. guy. He dried up a bunch of uh, grapefruit for us for our Crevoisier tasting, and it was just fantastic. So love that. I love supporting our local. Funny story, my, my biggest and I'm going to use the, the most horrible word. I think people said the word of 2020 was maybe pandemic or something, but I really think the word is pivot, right? Oh, you said the P word. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So I, I, I go out of my way and I said, I'm going to promise myself something. Instead of me going out there and trying to find new opportunities, I am going to do basically what you guys are doing. I'm going to give myself to the community and I'm going to offer cocktail classes, education, all through Zoom, and I'm going to do it for free. And that's exactly what I did. And we yeah, did yeah. it for the United Way. We raised over $150,000. We ended up doing something with History Miami. I donated all the money back to History Miami. We did it with Vizcaya. Uh, we did it, uh, like I said, with the United Way. Um, but funny enough, last week, we did it with the History Miami Museum, which basically highlights and kind of just hangs on to the Miami history that we have down here. And they said, we really want you to highlight different businesses and bartenders. And I said, I, I know a guy who, who owns a business called Tremendo Garnish. And we actually had him on last week. So oh, that's was, fantastic. Really, really fantastic. Cool, well, you know, I know that our listeners and Julie and I, we would love to know your story, Gabe. If you could, you know, share with us, um, how did you get your start? What was it like? What was your upbringing like even? And can you also tell us about Miami's uniqueness and its culture? Of course, you know, it's, it's intertwined in, in, in what I am and what I do in my everyday, to be honest with you. I think Miami has given me the opportunity and I'll never forget it. I just wrote, um, I just contributed to a second book which is Taste of Miami. Um, I wrote Miami's first cocktail book in history, Miami Cocktails, which is just a fun, awesome book, which really serves as a guide as to what, Miami really serves up, right? How funny. Did I just tie in the name of the party? Hello. You um, sure serving it up. <laughs> but I, um, so the second book, I just, just, just really wanted to highlight different cocktails and we're giving all the money back to the community. As I'm writing this book, I realized they asked me to tell story of, of, of Miami and I'll never forget it. Very, very young. Um, I was probably, I would say like 10 years old. They asked me to write a story on Miami. And I asked my father before, <laughs> before Google existed, he was my Google, right? So was my mom, um, that, and, and I think the encyclopedia Britannica, if I'm not mistaken, and I go ahead and I ask him and I said, tell me about Miami. And he says, Miami is a uh, cosmopolitan. It's, um, it's a blending of cultures. He, and I'll never forget. He said, it, it's a melting pot of cultures. And it always stuck with me. Right. And I actually tied it in together with this last book I wrote. And I said, my dad told me that this city was a cosmopolitan and guilty pleasure. One of my favorite cocktails is a cosmopolitan. And I was just like, this is full circle, right? I'm able to write about this, about what my father has taught me um, as an immigrant coming from Chile and my mom as a, as, as a, an immigrant coming from Cuba, me being a first generation American. I mean, our first language was Spanish um, here in Miami and the word cosmopolitan always stuck with me, not so much from a cocktail standpoint, but for from what the city is, it's a melting pot of cultures, which really delivers the value on on what we all are, whether it be cocktails or food 
or the way we speak. Um, Miami is a place of just incredible opportunity and dreams and everything in between. We're not called the Magic City for no reason. We came up from nothing. Um, so it's just honestly, it was an honor to write that. So I actually wrote that story. And, you know, I love it. And I know it, it, it um, you know, we can probably lean on, on, on uh, Cheryl Charming uh, for the history which she's done a great job on, mm-hmm. on uh, the history of the Cosmopolitan. But we lay claim to a little bit of, of the creation of the Cosmopolitan with Cheryl Cook at the living room at the Strand. Um, she still lives here in South Miami. She's an extraordinary human being, um, and she still pops up every once in a while. And I, and I always drink on her birthday a, a Cosmopolitan in her, in, in, in her honor. But I didn't grow up in beverage, right? My great-grandparents owned a Spanish restaurant um, in Cuba. Um, and we're still kind of searching a little bit for the origins of that. But my big break actually came. Um, I was a promoter uh, in college. Um, I worked with, um, I worked under Dave Grutman at a couple nightclubs. But when I actually graduated from Florida International University, I actually ended up um, thinking I was going to be a lawyer, believe it or not. <laughs> and I went to a bar, my friend, come, come join me at a bar. And we go and my friend says, I said, what, what are you up to? He's a, he's a guitarist. And he says, I'm a brand ambassador, man. And this was in 2004. And I said, what the hell's a brand ambassador, man? <laughs> and he's like, I educate people on beer. And I'm like, I want your job. And he's like, well, yeah, when there's an opening, I go, give me your boss's number. And he's like, are you crazy? So I actually get his boss's number. He gives it to me after a couple of beers, of course. And I call her up. She's in Chicago. It's an agency in Chicago. And I said, look, man, I, I, I'm just looking for an opportunity. I got my degree. I, I, I think I can add so much value. And they gave me a chance. And when I actually jumped into this world, I was blown away just how beautiful it is, how incredible the want for education, the community aspect of it. And from there, I, I honestly never left. I, I, I had to jump around. I had to see more. I worked with Southern as a distributor. I wanted to see the distributor side. I went to the supplier side um, with, with Malibu doing events. And then I, I worked with uh, Shivas as a brand ambassador. And then um, I jumped over and I became a mixologist with Bacardi. So I, I, it really gave me an opportunity not only to see the world, but to really understand what this business is all about, because it is fun. It is incredible. You have to be responsible, but at the same time, you can see the world and you can do incredible things with incredible people. So it's, it's an exciting journey. And I'm so honestly honored even to be in this podcast right now, because I think we all have very similar stories. I mean, Bridget, when I used to work with Beam Suntory as a luxury brand um, specialist, you were there giving mm-hmm. us just incredible presentations. And, and like, um, it, it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it all comes full circle. We take all the information little by little and we add it into our, our little mental file. Right. And, and, and it's also important. And we, we never forget it. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of folks really, when they think about Miami, right. I mean, I, I live in a very small town South of Chicago. And when folks out here, for instance, that live in the Midwest, we think of Miami, we think of vacation, we think of the beach. Um, we don't always think of culture, right? So can you maybe speak to the cocktail culture of Miami and you know, what, what is it like currently? I mean, I know that we're in a pandemic, but maybe we go back just a little bit before the pandemic started. And can you maybe speak to our listeners about you know, what does that look like today? I want to go back to, honestly, the revolution, the Cuban revolution. Mm-hmm. And, and this is not to talk about politics, but we're a land of opportunity. That's what the United States is. 
today is obviously a special day. Um, I get emotional talking about it. But my parents came here with nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And they're here and they're awesome. They're old and they're enjoying the fruits of their labor that they created. They live the American dream. They talk about it all the time. For me, that's what Miami is. We capture the essence of giving people chances and opportunities. Um, when you look at the revolution and what the Cubans brought to South Florida and Miami is something that is ingrained in our culture. If you come down here and you live here, you've eaten <laughs> rice and beans, you've eaten empanadas, you've eaten croquetas. We speak in Spanglish. We barely even speak English. <laughs> I love that, right? Like that's us. Big thing is just when you go back to those times, when you're looking for those small opportunities, whether it be um, in a restaurant, whether it be at a bar, whether it be working in different types of trade, um, South Florida gave you that opportunity because, you know, it became almost fraternal to be, you know, Latino down here and, and, and working amongst each other. I think, you know, fast forward to now, you know, you see early 2000s, uh, mid 2000s, when you start seeing inklings of fresh ingredients and incredible bartenders, not only coming into town, but also as immigrants, you know, we think of Gabe Orta and Alad from Bar Lab who opened Broken Shaker. These are immigrants, but also you see just incredible human beings coming from the Northeast, like John LeMayer, who left his stamp, just gorgeous RIP, his stamp on what we've done down here and how we've carried that torch. This is what Miami is, right? We create something from nothing. Um, and we're still doing that to this day. But now we have just this infrastructure of incredible human beings. We have this infrastructure of incredible bars. And what we strive for is not to change the image of Miami. We still love to be that party town, but is to build on that image, is to continue to be better as to what was built before us. And the only thing we can do is look forward, right? And, you know, fast forward to now, we have, you know, Cafe La Trova, which I loved it, right? It was, you know, nominated and won Best New American Bar and American Bartender of the Year. Julio Cabrera was a Cuban immigrant who's now an American citizen. Cafe La Trova is, they probably speak Spanish before they speak English. And it was, you know, voted and nominated as Best New American Bar, right? Like, that is the American dream. We're living it here in South Florida and we continue to strive to be better. And that's why we continue to see some of the best bars in the world being created here with our cosmopolitan and our, and our, and our clashing in a good way of cultures. So it's an exciting time for South Florida. And we've been through a lot, right? I think all of us, you know, when we think about the pandemic and everything else, but it's still an exciting time. We're going to, we're all going to get through this and we're going to be better for it. And we're going to figure out how to be better. And once we do that, we'll become extraordinary. Yeah. I love that. So beautiful. You know, um, I think that's something that Miami does very well is carrying on John's legacy of pursuing happiness. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers to John. For sure. And, and, you know, I can, I can relate so much Gabe to what you're saying, because, you know, I, I'm a transplant to Miami. I've been here now 14 years, you know, and, and coming literally from the other corner of the country. Cause I grew up in Alaska in Anchorage, Alaska. (laughs) So, you know, and, and being, you know, my, my background is Korean, right. And, and, even in Alaska and the West Coast, I I didn't really I had a, actually a very mixed group of friends growing up, very diverse. So I did have a friend that was Colombian, I had a friend that was Mexican, and I had Asian friends, and and we were just a big hodgepodge of of friends. But coming to Miami, it was the first time I ever lived in an area that was so Latin 
dominated. And um, one of my first jobs was selling wine, fine Italian wine for a bunch (laughs) of Italians, right? So, and I mean, Italians like, you know, straight from Italy. And, um, you know, some people told me you're never going to be able to work in Miami if you don't speak Spanish, you know, you're not going to be able to get any business. And so I was dealing with Spanish speaking and Italian, but everybody was so open to working with me. And I, unfortunately, sadly, and I'm ashamed to say, I still don't speak Spanish. My son (laughs) and my husband speak better Spanish than me. They're almost fluent in Spanish, but people were so open, you know, and, and the Cuban community and some of my friends up and down, you know, Calle Ocho, I would go in there hustling him to buy some wine and, and we would sit there and his friends would come in and we'd all be drinking wine during the day, eating Cuban sandwiches. Their wives would come a few hours later. And before you know it, it's a big party. And even though we didn't speak (laughs) the same language, we all had fun together and that's what I've learned. And, and now over the years, you know, I have such close friends, you know, Cuban friends, Venezuelan friends, Brazilian friends, right? And then you've, we've got such a big Italian community as well. And so it's just, it, it's very individual, like nobody, everybody accepts you for who you are and there's no expectation that you need to follow a certain, you know, status quo. Like every, it's just, it's very individual. Like you can, nobody stands out because everybody stands out, I guess it's how I would explain it. We were just talking about, I, I was talking to somebody who actually moved down here from, from San Francisco and, and, and I said, there's an onboarding process of, you know, creating relationships and understanding the business down here, which might be quite different from on to off premise. But at the same time, there's also a social onboarding that you have to do. And a lot of people don't understand that, right? It's like to hit the ground running here is coming for vacation first for a couple of weeks and really dig your nails deep into just the culture of the city. And then you'll start to understand our language. 100%, right? Like, uh, late nights and late mornings. That's for sure. One hundred, one hundred percent. I need to spend some more time in Miami. <laughs> yes, this is absolutely. For sure. We got you. Hey, Gabe, can you tell us um, a bit more about your books? I'd like to know more about you know Miami cocktails, an elegant collection of over one hundred recipes oh inspired by the Magic City, and then I want to talk about Drink Like a Local Miami: The Insider's Guide to South Beach and the Magic City. So, if you could, you know, kind of give us um, what what was that like? What was that like writing a couple books, you know, about this town that you? love and that you live in you're local that's a big that's a big responsibility i i honestly say this to everyone because you know once i wrote the book i i I feel like it's i feel like it's a big thing to write a book right like absolutely like i i i know i wrote one it's it's insane right um i think you know number one i told um there's there's a bar owner whose whose mom writes um uh quite a amount of good books his name is ben potts he owns uh um uh beaker and gray and uh the sylvester and, you know, I walked in there and I'm sweating and I'm like, I have my book here. And he's like, you know, my mom always told me that it'll never be perfect for you. Right. And I, and, and I always thought that I'm like, for people that always try to strive for greatness, like for sure. Right. You, you're always going to look at it. And I'm like, do we need a second edition? Do we need a third edition? Did I put an apostrophe in the wrong place? And it's like, it's not about that. Right. It's just about putting your personality out there. And at the same time, putting our flag in the sand as like, Miami's the shit. Like we're awesome. And if I can highlight that in any way possible, sorry for the language, I want to do it. And I can't find, I couldn't find, 
I can't imagine anyone, like, I don't want someone from the media doing it. I don't want, did I want to be an author? No, I chose to be an author because I felt like no one would be able to highlight what we did better than I did. So to that point, I contacted the publisher myself, just like I did with every other job that I had. And I said, I want to write this book. And he's like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, here's my resume. Here's my bio. And I said, there's a hurricane coming. And there, there, there was a hurricane coming. I forgot the name of the hurricane now, but it, 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 it hit us hard. And it actually went all the way up to New York, actually. And it hit them hard. They actually lost electricity. So we were out of touch for like two months. And I kept chasing them and chasing them and chasing them. I said, hey, man, I'm like, let me do this. And I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do it. And he gave me the contract. And that's how I started writing that book. I went and I just started reaching out. It's like reaching out to your friends. I mean, Bridget, you know, this is reaching out to your I don't know, like to the community, like, I don't know, reaching out to, <laughs> to like your family, like yeah. your cousins, right? Yep. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to write a book. You want us to be in a book? I'm like, hell yeah, I want you to be in a book. And I remember the week that, 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 that John passed, Anthony Bourdain passed also, um, and we were just kind of discussing. And, and I, I, I told John, I'm like, hey, I'm going to write this book. And I told him, I'm like, we're going to immortalize your, your famous pina colada which now Naren Young has, has on the menu. And uh, he's like, hell yeah, man, come through. And we never got a chance to have that opportunity. But what I did do is I, I did put his cocktails um, in there as well. And for me, it's a moment in time, right? People look at it and they say, some of these are very incredible to create. They're hard to create. They're difficult. And I, and, and I said, for the people that could create them, you create the cocktail. And if you don't, this is your guidebook. It's a small book. It's meant to, for you to explore Miami in different ways. And that's exactly um, what I wanted from that. Drink Like a Local will not be as complex. It's an illustrated book, kind of like a, like a, kind of like a, a riff on a Jay Peterman catalog. I don't remember in Seinfeld, kind of like an illustrated uh-huh. catalog. Yeah. So it's going to be an illustrated catalog by an artist. And I'm going to kind of blurb it out and kind of choose not only these incredible bars, but the dive bars and the jazz bars and everything in between. And I want people just to put this in their purse. I want people to put this in their backpack. I want people to put this in their back pocket. And I want them to explore Miami like we explore Miami, just in a different way, right? So I'm excited to bring that one out. And, and you know, Julio and I have been talking and, and, and this one needs to happen also, but we are, we, we have the information. We're, we're starting to nitpick it and, and tear it apart, but we want to create a new book on Cantineros. We want to create a Cuban cocktail book that not only relies on cocktails, but relies on the culture that's been created not only in Cafe La Trova, but in Cuba, but has also taken the US and the world by storm. And we want to kind of highlight that and modernize it a little bit. So we want to create a timeline behind that. So it's going to be a busy 2021. So we're excited about it. Hey, well, I don't know what other year is a better year to write a book than now, you know, than, than these times. But I think I commend you guys on, on really bringing that, um, first of all, the Miami culture to life and, and really giving people a guide to, to how to maneuver it. Cause I know a lot of people come to Miami from all over the country and it's, it's a little bit difficult to acclimate unless you're, you know, from the East, from New York or, or even Europe. I mean, people come in and they're like, this is home base, but I, you know, from the other side, of the country, it's a little bit difficult. So I think having these books, Miami cocktails and drink like a local Miami would definitely help them get off and running. But, you know, talking a little about the Cuban culture, I think it's something that we might take for granted because we're so used to it and we have it every day. But 
The, the couple of things I'd like to point out is, you know, the cafecito and like, you know, the ladies that come by and bring us our cafecito. So like in our office, you know, we have Norma and she's so sweet and like twice a day at the right time, she comes by with our, with, uh, you know, the cafecito for everybody. And it's so funny because we have different, our executives and, and our teams from all over the country and they just like love that time. You know, it's such a special moment. Could you talk a little bit about the, the coffee culture? Absolutely. They, and, and, and there's always one man or one woman in the building that is the professional. And that's their own job. That's their only job. They are just extraordinary at making cafecito. And like, we need that, right? Like, like, like that is, that's, we always talk about it. It was like before Red Bull existed and before we had energy drinks or anything else, our energy drink was the cafecito. And, you know, if you go anywhere in Miami, you know, I was, uh, this is pre-pandemic, but, you know, I was in the hospital. My wife is a hospitalist in Baptist. So so a, a, a big, awesome congrats and, and thank you to all the first responders. Yes, thank there. you to her for sure. Um, but uh, the cool thing about it is, is that same hospital, we, we, she gave birth to our, um, two of our sons and our daughter as well, but it was our middle son where we're there and, and I'm hanging outside and I'm going back and forth. And actually during that time, there's tons of families and everyone's kind of celebrating. There's balloons everywhere. And you know what's also there? The little cafecito cups. Mm-hmm. And whether you know that person or not, it doesn't You're gonna matter. Get one. Mm-hmm. They're going to share it with you. It's that familial, almost like ritual that is ingrained in our culture. Like cafecito is not for yourself. It's not for your friend. It's for everyone that is around you to be able to share just a quick little break a quick relaxation, a quick word. Um, it's, it's, it, it's just a beautiful moment. And, and I always talk about it. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because whoever comes into Miami, I always say, I'm like, we might not go to a ventanita, but we're going to share this, you know, little cup and we're going to enjoy this. What is this? This is awesome. I'm like, that's us. And for the people out there that don't know La Ventanita, which is very ingrained in our culture, culture which means little window. And um, so there's little windows all over Miami. And in these little windows, they'll serve a Cuban pastry or a croqueta, um, and they'll serve a colada or cafecito as well that you can share amongst friends. And then usually there, um, whether it be in Little Havana or any part, you'll talk a little bit about politics, you'll talk a little bit about sports um, and everything in between. And that's kind of the beauty of the cafecito. So it's, it, it's an honor to have that as part of our, our culture. <laughs> Yes. And, and you're right, you know, because, you know, for everybody that doesn't know the cafecito is it's basically, you know, very strong espresso. And then it's like stirred and mixed really well with sugar. It's almost like 50, 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. 50 sugar, 50, 50 espresso. And, um, and then what they do is because it's so strong, they have these little cups, you know, kind of like the cups when you took communion, you know, right, but they're right, little paper right, cups like little, little shot and there's glasses. a stack. So then they just start pouring and everybody that's standing around right there, whoever ordered it gets a little cup and you get your little shot. And it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. It is so cool. It is so cool. Yes. So any of the listeners here, when you come down to Miami, shoot me a message. I'll take you for your first one. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I will be shooting you a message. <laughs> <So you know. laughs> 
So, you know, recently I saw the the wonderful announcement and congratulations. I'm finally telling you this in person. I've been waiting for our episode to, to say that, but you have now been named the adjunct lecturer at FIU Chaplin School of Hospitality, Bacardi Center of Excellence. This is new news. So congratulations, congratulations and tell us all about it. Babe. It's you, incredible news. I Honestly, my, my, my journey into academia is, is it's been incredible. I, I, I always loved the educational part of spirits, right? Like I, I think all of us do, right? Like, like that, what, that's what keeps us alive, right? Finding whether it's old, whether it's new, I feel like it's something that, that we all strive to find more, right? Like to always bring it to the masses, the bartenders, um, the servers, obviously, every restaurant and bar, we want to make sure that they're fully equipped to be the best, right? You know, during COVID, it, it, it was the same thing. As I continued to kind of volunteer myself, I volunteered myself with FIU, which is Florida International University, which is a university. They have a bartender's guild, which is fantastic. They do a great job of just getting education out. And I I wanted to to talk to them. I wanted to talk to them about just random things and, you know, culture and the pandemic. And as I did that, I realized there was an opening and I said, you know, I have my bachelor's from FIU. I have, you know, my MBA from Nova, which is down in South Florida. I think this is my next step, right? Like, can I kind of be part of this incredible, you know, academic institution, which is an accredited university, which is creating a spirits driven curriculum that people can start a career in our industry and hit the ground running, right? Um, For me, I just looked at it as an opportunity for, for students to really, really dig deep into kind of what we're doing, but also give them the opportunities in advance. And I'm like, if I can be a part of this, if, if, if I can just kind of teach something, if I can talk to them, if I can connect them with some of the extraordinary people that I know, I've done my job, right? Like I, I, I think this is where it comes full circle. And so I went and I applied the same way I always do straight to the doorstep. And I said, let me in. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> so um, I started to teach in spring of 2021. And we have some incredible things going on. And you know, one thing I want to mention, which is uh, some of the faculty there, whether it be a uh, professor Dodge, Professor Cron- uh, uh, Connors, Christina, also a professor, uh, we have just extraordinary human beings who care and honestly want to be the best. And that's all we can strive for, right? We want to be one of the best hospitality schools in the world. Um, and I'm honored to be a part of that. So we have some incredible initiatives going on. Um, and I am actually teaching uh, beverage marketing and distribution. So my goal and my aim is to talk about everything from prohibition to where we're at now. But in between that, talk about anything from distributor jobs to marketing jobs. Where do you fit amongst what we do, right? Because we all do different things, right? And you can be, you, you can want to do numbers. You might want to focus on the commercial business. You, you might want to focus on advocacy. We're going to talk all about that. And you're going to at least, maybe if you're not going to make your decision at that time, we're going to get you closer to understanding what this business is all about. So I'm bringing in guest speakers from all over the world, whether it be distillers, um, I'm bringing in people uh, from grocery buyers from groceries. I'm bringing in people from Nielsen to understand um, the numbers. Um, I'm bringing in brand managers and brand directors. I would love to bring you guys 
in as well. Um, and we're having just these incredible conversations with students that otherwise they wouldn't have these conversations. The access that we have in our industry is is something that can be so beneficial to to students that otherwise would never understand you know, what even advocacy is or what it is to be a brand manager. Mm -hmm. We want to give them those tools. So when they actually jump out, they know where they would want to intern or they know whether they want to be a bartender or a, uh, an F&B director. We want to give them those tools. We want them to understand every single part of this process. So we're really kind of excited to kind of start that conversation. And as we continue to do this, honestly, people are knocking on a door. Like they want to educate these students as well. So we're really excited. And, you know, I, I, I want to mention a couple of things that we're doing, if that's okay. Yes, yes, yes we please. want to hear it. I want to hear exactly. all about it, please. So we started something called Bar Project, Bar Project 2021. And the goal of Bar Project is to basically reimagine what hospitality looks like during a pandemic. So I kind of compare it to other kind of educational institutions where they do kind of a challenge where they, you know, someone build a robot or something like that. I don't know. We're going to build what the new normal looks like through the eyes and the lens of students. I love you know, it. Get that this fresh perspective. Right. And it's, it's, it's basically, you know, the program is built to, to educate and support and challenge those that are kind of in it. But at the same time, you know, make sure these students not only learn along the way, but maybe one of those fresh perspectives is something that actually means a lot to the hospitality community, whether it be something on the tech side, whether it be something on the beverage side, whether it be a learning tool. So we are, we're bringing in some incredible people and, and, and kind of what we're focusing on is guest experience, diversity, diversity and inclusion, design, sustainability, marketing, data and analytics, um, social and community impact. We want to make sure that these students really understand what we focus on in this industry already. Then we want them to focus on that as well with their fresh perspectives. And the cool thing about it is um, the students will win prizes as well. So, you know, the first prize is valued at, you know, almost $5,000. Um, the second prize is, 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 is also a cash prize. But what I'm doing is I'm bringing in some incredible humans to actually talk to these students. So we did talk to Leo at the Nomad, um, and I think he's going to be jumping on board. Um, so that's going to be something special. I spoke to, uh, you know, just different people in the community, just really want to bring them in. And I really want these students, you know, to have just this really crazy perspective of what people see as whether they've won a James Beard Award or a Spirited Award or any local award, what makes them tick? What makes them so special? What makes their design and their kind of change during this time, what continues to make them successful? So I'm really excited to be able to highlight that with, honestly, my friends in the industry, right, who are already extraordinary. So I'm excited to sh share that with students. So it's, um, it's going to be something special. And, and um, enrolling starts now for that. Um, for the students, and we're gonna we're gonna go 150 miles per hour. We're gonna make sure this is, you know, something special for the students and for the speakers as well. Um, I've been speaking to a lot of people in the industry, and they've said it. They're like, I want to talk to the next generation. I want them mm -hmm. to hear what we hear. You know, mm -hmm. I want them to know what we know. So this is, you know, there's no secrets anymore. You know, this is this is all about making everyone better. So we're excited to see what comes of it. Oh, I'm excited to see what comes of it. I mean, you you just nailed it right on the head. You know, we want them to know what we know. 
because I think that what most don't know is the rich opportunities, the vast opportunities that are within the beverage industry beyond the bar itself. You know, there is so much uh, today that did not exist 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about brand ambassadors, like, you know, we talk about an advocacy team and even truly understanding what it takes, like you said, so, so beautifully, Gabe, to stand up a concept. There's so much that goes into that. So there really is. I mean, if you are, if you are in love with this industry, you know, beyond making cocktails itself, there's a lot of opportunity uh, for you. And it sounds like um, a great start is your program at FIU. Yeah, we, we, we're excited. And, you know, we're going to continue to pound on the ground. We want people to hear us. We want people, you know, I'm an adjunct lecturer. I'm not full-time, but I'm going to treat it as my full-time job. I want I want this to be something special. I want people to come down to Miami and be like, I want to go to FIU. I mm-hmm. want it to be that special institution that's going to show greatness that spreads to the hospitality community. So we're excited. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and you said it, right? It's the secret is out of the bag. I mean, I, and and we bring, we bring this up a lot when we interview our other guests. How did you fall into the hospitality industry? How did you just get in? And, and sometimes I'm like, oh, it's this, I, I've got such an amazing job and, and work in such an amazing industry with such dynamic people and so much innovation. And it's almost like it's our secret, you know, and, and it's not. And, and that's what served up is one of our, our main purposes to bring broaden what we do and what our industry is about to hospitality, right? So it comes from front of the house to the back of the house, to the the third tier, the second tier. It's so important. We have so many talented people in this industry, whether they are a bar back, whether they're bartender, server, um, brand ambassador, distributor, salesperson, so many different people, whether they're working in our technology department, which we call ETP, whether they're in HR, it's so vast that the opportunities are endless. You know, you can have careers within careers. You can go from one area of the business to another. So I just love the fact that you guys are opening that up with this course. And I think that's so important because the future are the young people. They're the ones that have that vision of what things are going to look like. And why not use our experience and the experts that you're going to have come in, share with them how we've gotten here, and then rely on them to tell us how we're going to get there. I mean, how many times did you know my parents look at me and say, you're going to go to a bar again? You know, you're at a bar, you're educating. What, like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? It's like, no, this is, this is what we're doing with our life. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is something we're doing and it's actually a career, right? Like I think way back when, I think even early two thousands, you look at the, the, the beverage industry as kind of like this, like, okay, cool. We'll stop in. And then after college, we'll jump out. And it's, it's not that it's, it's Mm a, a, a world that is full of just incredible opportunity. And now just very successful human beings that have, you know, created just incredible things, you know? So it's, it's really, I think it's, 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 it's really to have that conversation. Right. I think that that's the important part. We haven't, we're starting to scratch the surface, right? I think a lot of us landed here with luck. A lot of us kind of landed here um, by accident, but most importantly, I think it's just to continue to have that conversation, right? Like we need everyone to, we, we, we want, I feel like we're soccer, right? I feel like soccer is like 
an amazing sport. We all play it when we're kids and then we stop playing it. Mm -hmm. I feel like soccer should be the number one sport and football, baseball and basketball should be two, three, and four, right? Like let's, (laughs) let's, let's be that, right? A true Miami (laughs) end. It's all about soccer. I've never played soccer in my life, but. (laughs) But I think that that's where we're at, right? Like, like, like that we're able to kind of say we are that part of the world where if you come into our world, you're most likely going to be successful, right? If you're responsible Mm -hmm. and if you are someone that is on time, someone that cares about the industry. I mean, for me, I treat it honestly, like my religion, Mm -hmm. like I love it. Right. Like it's, 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 it's my religion. Like it's, it involves so much passion. Right. And, and when on our worst days, you know, we, we always use the analogy, well, we could be selling printers, you know, we could be selling bottle caps or, or whatever it is. So, you know, yes, it's, it's challenging, it's competitive, but it, requires so much passion. And I think that, and, and it's hospitality. So it's all about pleasing others. It's about making people happy. It's about community. So when you bring that together with, with business, it, it just, it creates something so amazing. And, you know, I think our generation, you know, with, with the three of us here and a lot of our guests and and generations before it's it's almost kind of setting it up for the future and and for the young to come in and and just continue growing it you know i mean i think there was a time where in our industry a lot of the people that were leading the way all kind of had that that same way of thinking you know very um it was um everything kind of looked the same and felt the same for a long time, you know, and, and now you're seeing that it's different. And I think it's really important that we bring that awareness that, that it is a new generation, a new era of the entire hospitality industry. I agree with you hundred percent. And I think we need more programs like the one that Gabe is leading is, you know, is teaching at FIU because what it does is that it validates those who are working in the industry. You know, Robin, you mentioned Robin Nance um, before we started this um, podcast. The best and the best. Yeah. And something that, you know, she had referenced and, and I can't quote her because I don't have it in front of me, but really on how the public needs to um, recognize the, the people that are working are people. And then it's an actual career, Right. Pretty much. And I think that sums up and I'm not doing her justice whatsoever, but, but right. But, but I think that we, we need that validation that, you know, a job in hospitality is just not a pit stop onto something bigger and better. No, this is already bigger and better and full of opportunities, depending on which direction you want your passion to lead you within this industry. So we need more programs like this. They are important. Uh, to our industry. And they, they um, will also, you know, let not only make the public take us more seriously, but you just mentioned something that, that I deal with and have your parents take what you're doing more seriously too, for Christ's sake. I mean, my God, you know, if I have to explain to my mom and dad one more time, what, what I do now, I can hardly explain what I do now. It's different every day. But, um, but it's a solid gig in the hospitality industry. So, you know, my mom, (laughs) my mom, all these years. Yeah. My mom, all these years, 
didn't, does not know what I do, but you know, in, in back home in Anchorage, Alaska, in the middle of nowhere, um, Southern Glazers actually partnered with Odom Corporation. So it's, it's Odom Southern Glazers and they built this amazing, massive facility. So you see it off the, one of the two highways there on the side of the road and our big logo. And I'm like, mom, that's my company. And now she's like, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. You know, so now she gets it. And, and then also, it also helped that I brought them a few bottles of bourbon, and, <laughs> you know, but, um, but you know, it's, it's changing generation from generation. I could tell you, my son is very familiar with distribution, spirit categories, wine, they're learning. So they absolutely are. Um, Gabe, what is next for the Miami cocktail scene? I think, you know, we look at the pandemic now and kind of, I haven't seen as many closures, thank goodness, as I anticipated, which is a good positive thing. I'm seeing an influx, an influx, um, and I'm seeing it through, you know, uh, you know, real estate brokers and everything in between. People are coming down here. People are going to come down and we're going to open and we're going to open big. And, you know, we, as a hospitality industry, we are, you know, doing our best to safe social distance. We have bars that are open that, you know, are trying to stay as safe as possible and are sanitizing as best as they can do within the guidelines that are given. But people are going, they're, they're coming down here. Our real estate is booming. When real estate booms, everything else booms. I'm starting to see um, kind of in the more suburban areas of Miami, where you're starting to see some pretty incredible restaurants open up. So I think this is where you start seeing that neighborhood bar really start to happen, right? Um, I think before we were like, right, Miami Beach, Coconut Grove. No, now the neighborhoods start seeing these incredible bartenders stay in the area or these incredible bar owners actually stay in the area as well. I think we're in a very special time, right? Because I look at, you know, I go back, my parents live, you know, out West. I live kind of in the center of town. And you go out there and yeah, my parents are like, there's a bar here. There's a bar there. Um, this person has fresh ingredients. And, you know, we love to think that everyone has fresh ingredients. They don't. But imagine going 30 minutes out West and yeah, it's happening. And there's actually awesome bartenders and awesome hospitality. And that's what I think is going to be what's going to be happening next. We're going to start to see more openings. We're going to, we're, we're on fire. Stuff is I see people shaking hands and kissing babies every day, whether it be on LinkedIn or Instagram, and it's always something new that's going to open. And it's not in the heart of what we used to see. It's not in Wynwood. It's not in Miami Beach. It's in other places of Miami. So this is going to be the start of, you know, what we see as my opinion, as like the, 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 the elevation of the neighborhood bar. I'm excited to see it because I think it's something that we otherwise didn't have before, right? Like, we're always kind of a destination town, even when you lived here, right? Like you get here and you're like, yeah, this is a destination. But when you were here, you were going to go to Miami beach to go have dinner. Now you don't, you can go five minutes away and you can have an incredible Peruvian um, ceviche and a pisco sour and you'll be home in five minutes and the Uber costs you six bucks. Yeah. Like that's where we're at. So mm -hmm. I'm excited like to see a, how it's that a evolves. renewal. It's a renewal. 
you know, and, and I've seen that. I mean, I, you know, in these different areas, I used to live on South beach. Now we're up in the upper East side and, and going to these areas within Buena Vista, you know, um, within Midtown, um, here, even, you know, off Biscayne going up and down, uh, Biscayne Boulevard. And, and you're absolutely right. In the past, it was always going to these big places that, you know, you go to be seen, you know, see and be seen. And, and it was all about that. And now you're really seeing this craft of small local restaurants, bars, neighborhood bars coming in. And one thing that I've noticed because I've been in this industry so long here is you're seeing a lot of those familiar faces, you know, and, and these really talented beverage directors, F&B directors, managers that have led They've worked their way up and ran some of the biggest hotels in Miami. And and because of the pandemic, they've had to pivot. And now it's so great that I'm seeing them in my neighborhood restaurants and they're there and they're helping them take their beverage and their food program and their customer experience to another level. It, it just, it warms my heart to see that because as somebody that's grown up in a family that owned a family owned restaurant, it's hard and you need really good help and guidance to be able to really take that notch up and i'm and it's so great to see that they're getting that you know and 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 i and i agree with you i think it's it's a new it's a new era for miami it's going to be awesome i'm excited well we had such a wonderful time talking to you. And, um, I think we could probably talk to you all night, except I'd have to fill up my glass, but, um, (laughs) you know, we're so excited for you and everything that you're doing. And we're so proud of all the work that you've done since the last time we spoke, which was a few, a couple months ago when we initially planned this, I'd be remiss not to mention Janet Onyate, which is one of our favorite girls. Mm -hmm. She connected us. Um, Janet leads our multicultural marketing. She is brilliant. And I look to her for inspiration all the time. And she connected us. She just had wonderful things to say about you. And I'm so glad she did. And, um, and I'm so proud of all the work that you're doing. And we're going to have to have you back on because we want to hear how things are going. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure this will not be our last conversation. Thank you so much. And look, thank you again for what you're doing. It's, It's such an an important time to be able to kind of, I think we need to listen more. So this is just great to have information that you guys are putting out like this. So thank you so much. I'm glad I was able to have a whiskey with you guys. So I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for having me on and, and hopefully we can hang out soon again. Yes. And tell your students to listen to Served Up. Yes, yes. You know what? I'm calling it here. I'm going to make it an extra credit and they have to summarize um, something for me. So we'll get an episode. We'll get Robin's episode for sure. That's love amazing. <laughs> I love it. You know, Gabe, we want to wish you just, just so much uh, peace and great health, you know, as you take this journey as a teacher at FIU. It's amazing. So You're doing great Thank stuff, you. man. We can't wait to have you back. Thank you. Cheers, Thank man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!